Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Tuesday, January 30th, five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So President Biden has said that the U.S. shall respond. This after the three American troops were killed. Dozens more were injured in those drone attacks uh, in the northeast side of Jordan near the Syrian border. Uh, I have a question for you. You used the word shall. Is that the word he used? That's a direct quote. U.S. quote, shall respond. What a bizarre word to use. I shall respond. Mm -hmm. What is this? Uh... Some sort of 16th century Shakespeare. Shakespearean literature. We shall respond. Like, mm-hmm. wh- what a weird word to use. I don't know why that bothers me so much. Well, he said we had a tough day last night in the Middle East. We lost three brave souls in the attack on our bases. Moment of silence. And then he said, and we shall respond. I love that he's treating it like a basketball game. Yeah, we had a rough day out there today. You know, guys just weren't hitting their shots and, uh, you know, just couldn't get points in the paint. We got to shoot better at the foul line. I mean, he sounds like mm-hmm. LeBron James in some sort of post-game interview when he lost a meaningless regular season game and three people died. Sleeping in their beds. Not even expecting They're dead. It. Yes. I mean, the, the, what a, what a, just a horrible quote. Like, yeah, you know, the, I mean, just instead of baskets, let's talk about war. Yeah, you know, the Iranians, they're back in this group, and they got the drop on us. And, yeah, well, you know, we got to be better alert next time. We just kind of weren't prepared for that. So, you know, we'll go out and get them tomorrow. I mean, like, what is wrong with this guy that every time people die, because the same thing happened in Afghanistan, he doesn't act like he cares at all. Okay, so it's not the first time that we've been targeted, too. There's been over 160 different, you know, uh, military facilities that have been hit in some shape or form since October. But now he's under pressure from, well, a lot of different factions that he has to retaliate forcibly. Well, and this is, and, and this is so true. It's been since the foundation of the country. The number one job of the president of the United States is to be the commander in chief. All the other stuff is important, the the energy policy, tax policy, all those things are important. But the number one thing, the number one job of the president is to be the commander in chief. And whatever you want to say about Donald Trump, and you know how we are on this show, we, we call it as we see it, and we're critical of him on a whole bunch of stuff. But it is indisputable, irrefutable, that Donald Trump was, in terms of foreign policy, the best president we have had on that and got the most accomplished on that since Ronald Reagan. And the fact that he did all of that without getting, just like Reagan, without getting us involved in any new on-the-ground wars, it's I mean, it's just phenomenal what Trump did in terms of foreign policy, because the balancing act of president is making other countries think you're capable of doing something without actually having to go through with it. Mm -hmm. And with Trump, they believe the guy's crazy. So John Kirby, who is the White House spokesperson, he said, we're not seeking to start a war with Iran. Well, 
sounds to me like they're the ones who are starting it um, and they're not looking to widen the conflict but then you have the Secretary of State Antony Blinken in he's saying that this is one of the most dangerous times that we've been facing I would argue that we've not seen a situation as as dangerous as the one we're facing now across the region since at least 1973. But wasn't it just, what, three weeks ago that we heard from the White House that all's quiet in the Middle East? It's very peaceful there right now. They don't fear Biden. And when other countries don't fear your commander in chief, they're going to try to take advantage of you at every turn. And thus far, for three and a half years now, they have been proven correct that no matter how much you push this administration, including killing American servicemen and women, they will basically not respond i mean this response is not what is the word proportional is not Mm -hmm. that's not the word i want the response is not equal to or greater than the act that you have in by instigation and and so um i just it's not gonna change under biden it's not gonna i mean look at the people that when you have a transsexual in a high-ranking position of authority i'm sorry other countries look at that and they laugh like they do not i mean they've got that man who pretends to be a woman who's some high-ranking it's a naval official isn't it are you talking about the health and human services yeah that's right uh levine yes Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's like they look at our that government and they're like what a joke you guys are Mm -hmm. you've got men in women in in women's clothing and you're they other countries pay attention more than you might think they do and they see the onus in these is on uh, you know having enough of this color skin person or having enough of this gendered person uh making sure that uh, you know i mean when we're talking when the fight in the government is over whether military members can have abortions or not whether the military members abortion should be taxpayer funded rather than kicking ass and taking names other countries see this so it's got to be what deliberate and proportional like you said but what did is, I use the right word? You did. Oh my what, gosh, I was so worried I was not using the right word there. What is proportional to a human life? Well, I mean, you got you know whether it's a hundred of theirs for one of ours mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I mean, you you you've got you've got to respond to where there is a punishment for. You know who responds well? Israel. <laughs> you know they do it pretty well when we stay out of their way, certainly, and mm-hmm. are not meddling in the middle of it, and. When 13 members of our military were needlessly killed in Afghanistan because of Joe Biden and he did nothing about it, he said the world has a blank check to do whatever they want to do with us. And for the most part, they really have these other countries who don't like us have largely just pushed their weight around the past three and a half years. And well, why wouldn't they when we just hand over money? It's one of the reasons I get so frustrated with Trump, because I really do want Trump in there because on issues like this, he did a hell of a job. Trump was a great foreign policy president. Look at not only the peace the peace he oversaw, but look at how far he got, like with Kim Jong-un. Mm-hmm. Far, far more progress than any other president ha- had gotten. Look at in the Middle East, the especially compared to what we see going on now. The peace and the peace accords and the, you know, enhanced relationships. And I, I, I want Trump in there. This is the thing I tell people. It's like, I'm critical of Trump because I think he gets in his own way of being able to get back in there and fix a lot of these things. But there is no doubt it's indisputable he was a phenomenal uh, commander-in-chief of the United States military. Okay, can we uh, play the clip of Joy Reid? 
Oh, no. Yeah, she's got a hot mic. Did she, you bleep this? Uh, well, I think Kevin did. Let's let's trust that Kevin did his job. She's got a hot mic. She thinks it's off, and she's saying that Joe Biden is starting another war. Over the weekend, President Biden said he's ready to take action if Congress is serious about solving the border issue. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to get it done. Starting another f-ing war. <laughs> There she was, right there at the end. That is amazing to me whenever somebody does that, that is in our profession. Like, don't you know the microphone's on? Well, I don't know. Maybe, is that what it takes for her to be honest with her audience? Well, she's It's she's gotta right. be accidental. Yeah, I mean, she- On her she, part? You're, you hit, a, hit on a great point, which is she's right. Mm-hmm. But it always amazes me that it's like, okay, you know you're on television <laughs> and you know they're coming back to you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yet- well, especially in TV, because she's just got a lavalier microphone and somebody else is controlling the, well, exactly. the audio. It's unbelievable to me. Yeah, but I mean, there's an off button right there. But it, it's MSNBC, so, but, but she's right. She's absolutely right. Foreign policy, just like everything else with this guy, has been a total, total, total disaster. So a uh, reporter was asking the uh, White House press secretary if Biden had plans to call the family members of the fallen oh, yeah. service members, and you would expect uh, definitely yes. He's already talked to them. Right? I mean, that's what you would think, right? That's not what the answer they got? They gave the ultimate price. Their life for this country. And he hasn't? The commander-in-chief, well, no. Um, Has the president uh, called already, or does he plan to speak with the families of the fall service members? I don't have any uh, calls to read out. Uh, Obviously, um, and as Kirby started off this briefing, Obviously, the, the president and the first lady sent out their deepest condolences and heartfelt um, uh, thoughts to the families, uh, to their friends, and also the units, um, the, their unit as well. And this is a, a sad day. This Yesterday was a very, very sad day uh, for not just their family and the units and the friends, but also the American people. And so, uh, obviously, we continue to mourn with them. Once we have more to share uh, about a call or outreach, certainly we will let you all know. That's horrible. Oh, it is. Horrible. I mean, that's, but it's the same thing that happened with Afghanistan. Remember when those people died and he was just completely disinterested in it and then they got him checking his watch. And I, look, I, I know we've said this before, but uh, if I had a child who was nearing that age, I would strongly discourage those people, those kids from joining the U.S. military Thank God there are still people who are willing to do it. But my goodness, do these people get treated like just complete garbage by our government. So Nikki Haley, when she's been campaigning, she said- Is she still going? She is still going. That's wild. She said that uh, retaliatory strikes on Iran have to happen because that's not starting war. That's preventing war. And then there was a guy in her audience who just started interrupting her. None of us want new wars. None of us want new wars. We know where your money's going from, Nikki. We know. And we're sick of the wars. We want America first. Uh, so people in her audience are not having any more of it either and calling her out on it. But let's uh, let's go to this flashback. This is Joe Biden back in 2020. He's talking about Donald Trump, and he's saying, hmm, that Donald Trump is the one who's going to get us in a war with Iran. 
The world has changed because what Trump has done. And the American people, including independents and some Republicans, know how bad he is, know how much he's misrepresented, know how he's getting close to getting us in a war. I said, as the walls close in on this man, I'm worried he's going to get us to war in Iran. Unfortunately, I may have been right. The fact of the matter is there's a lot at stake in this election. Okay, two things. One, remember how when Biden was running, people were like, he's kind of out of it. Think about how much better he sounded then than he sounds now. Exactly. Three years ago. I mean, when he was running for president, we were like, dude, this guy's slipping and he's not all there. He sounds infinitely better Mm -hmm. there than than he does now. That should tell you how bad it's getting. But two... Isn't it amazing how many times, Casey, everything they accused Trump of, they actually did? Exactly. Exactly. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. <laughs> Perfect! 20 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Did you hear the story you know about... You it's funny because it's true! Yes! Yes. Ned Flanders is right. That's why it's funny. I thought you'd appreciate that. Yeah, that's great job, Kevin. That's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, this Costco shopper returned a couch after two and a half years oh. of using it and had no receipt either. <laughs> returned it simply because she didn't like it anymore. Did they take it? They took it what? and gave her a full refund. What? <laughs> yes. Including some bed sheets and also a dead Christmas tree. Okay, so my... With no questions asked. I am always amazed at the things people will take back nowadays. And I don't know if it's because there's so many entities competing for business, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why, and the actual returns are somewhat rare. But it used to be, like, you know me, Casey, I don't shop anything on the internet. If it's not in front of me, I don't buy it, have it, whatever. So it used to be you could take something back to Walmart and as long as it clearly hadn't been, you know, tampered with or manipulated or whatever, even if you didn't have the receipt, right. they'd maybe they'd ask you, hey, do you have your credit card that you use? Whatever. They'd find a way to make it work. But now it seems like I'm amazed at the stuff my wife is allowed to return and they take it. And it's like, how do these, why would ever anybody ever just not send something back? I'm amazed in the internet era, the things people are allowed to return mm-hmm. and people totally give them their money back. I get it when it's like an article of clothing, if it still has the tag on sure. it, you try it on, you you know, you try it on at home and you don't like it. And so you bring it back. But I need to start doing that more because like, I never realized you can return makeup if you, if you, what? yeah, if you buy it and you don't like the shade or it's something's wrong, you can take it back. And I never do that. I never think of that. But this woman, I guess the, the, if you're a Costco member, which you are. So mm-hmm. remember this, Rob, yeah. you, you buy it, try it. If you don't like it, you can take it back. I get it. But uh, is it, is there a limit on how long you can try it for? Apparently not. And because she did not have the receipt with her, she knew approximately when she bought it uh-huh. because she had 
photos of it on her phone from when it was delivered. Yeah. And so she was able to pull up the photos, find the date, and Costco was able to look it up and, yeah, find the receipt that they had in her system. And they were, you know, they returned it for her and gave her the full refund. Okay, okay, okay. okay. But here's, so where does this end? Like, if you open a package of food and I want to try these <laughs> new uh this new box of cereal oh i didn't like it can i take uh i tried it and didn't like it can i take that back where i where guess it depends on the store and their policy all right casey th- this brings us to a point in my life where i figured this might be a helpful discussion for us to have because i think i'm kind of at a crossroads in my life and i need your advice and kevin's advice on what i should do with this all right are we ready yep okay here we go and thankfully no one's listening so it's just us because i'd be really embarrassed if if anybody else knew what this did you story. Do? Well, I didn't do anything. It's what the person I live with did. And I'm going to, I'm going to get your oh, opinion no. on how I should respond to this. Okay. So when, um, my wife and I first got married and moved into the house we live in now, mm-hmm. she decided to buy a couch yeah. off the internet. Okay. And I told her at the time, I said, that's a bad idea. You should go see any furniture you should see it in person you and try it out it. yeah and make sure it's what you want i also said it's a white couch we're going to have children that seems like a horrible idea <laughs> i think we should work through this no 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 i've seen this i know this is the couch i want it's one of those couches that folds out mm-hmm. and, oh, a futon no it's not a futon because it's not a oh. bed but it's like you know this couch is i don't know what they're called anyway and i said okay Whatever you want, if it's what you want, go ahead. But I would wait, but fine. So she orders the couch. Yeah. Oh, this wasn't really what I wanted. Oh. Gee, where did we hear that before, that this (laughs) might not be what you wanted? So I said, too bad. We bought it. Yeah. I gave you the opportunity to not buy it. Mm -hmm. You bought it. Yeah. And I'm not sure I really like the color of this couch either. Mm -hmm. I told you not to buy a white couch. (laughs) So... Uh, she has now started up again the, I hate this couch and I hate the way the furniture looks in our house uh-huh. and it has reached a new level yeah. of agitation. Uh-huh. So my question to you is, should I bail her out <laughs> and say, even though yeah. you did exactly the opposite of what I told you to do, mm-hmm. which was simply work through the process in person. Should I give in, (laughs) hurt my finances so my wife will stop agitating me about the furniture, Mm -hmm. or should I continue to say, you did this to yourself, this is on you? What should I do, Casey? Well, there's that old saying, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, but why am I being punished? Uh, I tried. Have you tried maybe slip covers? No, she just she can change the color. No, on the no, no, no. Now, now we've moved on to. I don't like the other chairs because they don't coordinate mm-hmm. with the with mm-hmm. the couch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could uh, potentially sell it on uh, like Facebook Marketplace. No, no one is buying this couch that's at this point, Kevin. No, no, I'm sure yeah. it's in pristine condition, and the upholstery is probably <laughs> yeah. pristine. You'll be able to sell it. At least use that money towards the new items that you're going to. Now, this purchase. was not an overly expensive couch, <laughs> but this is. I again, I am mm-hmm. in in our house. I am in charge because. Casey, as you know, I'm very, very good with money. Mm-hmm. I am very, mm-hmm. uh, I'm very good at few things, but money is one of them. Mm-hmm. And I handle the finances and paying the bills, et cetera. Yeah. And I believe I'm being punished now. Yeah. Because I gave the advice, but yet 
this has ramped up to the point now of me hearing about this couch and this furniture mm -hmm. that I am, and this is very rare for me, and maybe it's because now I'm just exhausted because I never sleep anymore. Yeah. I'm to the point where I'm just prepared to give in, and I told her over the weekend, I said, fine, we will go get. Yeah. But I said, whatever you get, we're getting it in person. Yeah. And that's it. That's a good choice. Get it in person. Sit in it. Take your time with it. Make sure the, the cushions are what you like. See, I like removable cushions on the yeah. back. If they're attached, I can't flip them around. So I have to have that with my couches. Um, but Kevin's got a great idea. Try to sell it on Facebook Marketplace. But here's the thing, Rob. Uh, how old is the baby? Seven months. Mm-hmm. And that's the greatest gift you've ever had in your life, right? Yeah. And yeah, God was very nice and gave me that baby. And, yes, that and, was very and, wonderful and of him. And what woman gave you that fantastic? Hey, I contributed to that too, Casey. It takes two to tango. Uh huh. Uh huh. And would you have a beautiful Livy if it weren't for G? So that's now we're using we're using my child as a human shield. So you're you're saying I should, even though I was a hundred percent right on this, I yeah. should just give in. And buy the couch. Yeah, I think you're going to find that. You're, you're so cute as a newlywed. I think you're going to find this is going to happen for a big portion of your life. Well. You'll be giving in on a lot of things. All right. Well, because I, not only do you have one woman, you will have two. Well, this is my other theory, though, is I said, <laughs> this baby is going to destroy whatever furniture we yeah, have. Yeah, get a darker color. Well, that's why I said. Why don't we just tough it out for another year or two and get to the point where there's less? it's less likely to be destroyed. By the way, yeah, we, you're gonna have a lot, a lot you. of expenses. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. And by though. the way, I've also noticed my wife has dropped the strong, independent woman thing because mm -hmm. when we were first, she have her own money. Well, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> because when we were first together, it was she all her own stuff, and I did my food and blah blah blah, and I don't uh -huh. want to be a burden on you and blah blah blah. And then when we got married, it was the same thing. And now I've noticed more and more as she goes to the store. Do you want me to take your credit card? Because she knows I'm not going to say no because as the man and the provider, I'm going to feel obligated mm -hmm, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm, say absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know. I, I would maybe say wait just a little bit because... Yeah. Wait, can you say that again slowly? Maybe wait a little bit because the baby's going to start walking and then she's uh -huh. going to have the sippy cups and that's going to get all over the furniture. If she can wait, try and do that. But if it's not worth the hassle, just go get the new couch. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to play this, this just this clip. I'm going to not going to play her anything we played before mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, about can. me being right and yeah. telling her what exactly It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. It's what's the sensible common sense thing to do. Well, that is the point I'm at, which is how much. <laughs> I want to get myself in trouble. I better stop talking. She's going to like never invite me over to see the baby again. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Jean Carroll was awarded $83 million in that defamation suit against Donald Trump. And, of course, she's got to make the rounds on all the talk shows. Oh, goodness. It is 1134 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Real, and, real quick, Kev, yeah. can you admit you're kind of now digging the Eddie money now that we got you on the kick? You're... I've always liked that song. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah, you, I just need to explore his discography. You a will spend bit more. the rest of your day on the Eddie Money Kick. Sorry, Casey, I didn't mean to cut you <laughs> he off. He has to explore his discography. <laughs> exactly. Very nice. So, E. Jean Carroll, she was on the Rachel Maddow show, and uh, Rachel asked her what she was going to do with quote Trump's money and uh, to help women's rights. Sure. And uh, E. Jean Carroll gave kind of a flippant answer. You've talked about using some of 
Trump's that you're about to get um, to help shore up women's rights. Do you know what that might be, what that might look like? Yes, Rachel. Yes. Tell me. I had such such great ideas (laughs) for all the good I'm going to do with this money. First thing, Rachel. You and I are going to go shopping. We're going to get completely (laughs) new wardrobes, new shoes, motorcycle for Crowley, new fishing rod for Robbie. Rachel, what do you want? Penthouse? It's yours, Rachel. Penthouse and uh, France? You want France? You want to go fishing in France? No? Oh, all right, all right, okay. That's a joke. (laughs) Although if, if me fishing in France could yeah. do something for women's rights, I would take the hit. You know, I would obviously uh, t- take one for the team. I All right, let me, let me, let uh, <laughs> me. Yeah, her her lawyer a- nervously answering, <laughs> that's a joke. So that's what I was going to say. The yeah. best part of that video, because it's all awful, is the uncomfortable look on the lawyer's face. Now, Casey. That we have a rule on the show, like when Abdul's here, there's certain things Abdul can say because he is black mm-hmm. that if we said them, we might get in trouble, but he right. can say them. You are a woman, uh-huh. and so I'm going to let you take the lead on this, and then I'll kind of we'll go to a little role reversal here. I'm going to let you kind of be the hot take on this, and then I'll feed off you because I feel like if I said some things first, I might get in trouble. But I'm going to let you lead. Well, I think she's wholly unlikable, and it's just it's so weird. She's not going to see a penny of that money, by the way, because it's, they're going to appeal, and they should use that as evidence right there that she's just she's a. In a, in a can I? Yes, I can say it. a gold digger. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she's so, just trying to get money. So to make sure I keep my job, why don't I phrase these to you in the form of a question? Okay. And then you can answer them. How's that sound? Sure. Because I learned very early in my journalism career that if you make a statement in the form of a question, you're not really making a statement. You're just asking a question. And that that usually works out better. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and then you as a woman can respond to this. Okay? Does that, <laughs> does that work for you? Yeah. Okay. Does she strike you as someone who suffered immense trauma? That's exactly what I was about to say. Anybody who's been through any sort of abuse like that isn't going to go on a national talk show and start making jokes about what they're going to do with the money. If they're sincere about it, if that truly happened, she's not going to feel that way. I'm going to go shopping. It just... Yeah, does she strike you as the sort of person who has suffered irreversible harm or mental scarring or someone who suffered a traumatic event to which the only recourse they had in order to recover was justice 30 years later through the legal system. Right, exactly. No, I mean, she seems like she's just in it for the money. She, It's a get Trump. Yeah. Again, the game we play here, things that other people can say that I that I have chosen not to. It's, it's just the feeling I get when she's on the show like that. And, and well, sure, right. And maybe that's her personality and it's wholly unlikable. But when, you know, you've, you've seen it, the name of her house, her cottage is Mouse House and one of her pets is named Vagina. It's just, you know... A, a, She's just trying to get the attention. She's trying to get the money and look like the victim. And if she truly was a victim, I don't think she would be acting that way. And again, the attorneys visually wait until noon. We don't care what you do at noon. Just wait till wait till uh, uh, noon before you flip over. If you can find it on YouTube, the visual of that attorney as she's saying this stuff in real time 
tells you everything you need to know about what she said mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and how she said that's it. a joke and, and what she's really doing casey mm-hmm. is she is doing a huge disservice to women who are who've actually been through something traumatic i wasn't going to use the word actually but i'm not going to object who to have you using it something who, who, traumatic. You, you, i mean i just felt like you she, used it and i'm not going to object to it, that it, it almost seemed like she wanted to have a glasgow whiskey and a cigar you know what i mean yeah. hey i'm gonna go shopping yeah because it's like you know for example we i really support project rescue and all the shirts i'm wearing actually wearing my i hate rob kendall shirt today you can still get those at store.hammerandnigel.com and all my portion of those proceeds go to project rescue which is a uh, uh, organization that fights human sex trafficking, you know, across the country and across the the world, because these, you know, sexual abuse is very serious, mm-hmm. and it's something that should not be taken lightly. And we should do everything we can to help people who can't defend themselves. And this person, um, going on there and making light of how she received this money, is really an insult to all those people who have gone through that. Yeah, it just doesn't seem sincere. Okay, let's talk about this other article. And this is uh, the most annoying things people do at the grocery store. Oh, boy. Uh, It's a pretty interesting list. I think you will agree with a lot of this. All right. Uh, Block the aisle while texting. Yeah, that's a bad one. Uh, When you're checking out and people stand right next to you and you're paying at the cashier. Like, don't you, you need a little bit of personal space. You're putting in your debit card, sure. you're putting in your number. Don't you kind of want to block that or shield that so the person standing oh, yeah, near totally, you doesn't I see totally that? Oh, yeah, I totally hover over the thing. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I can't tell you the last time I used a debit card was. I use a credit card so you don't have to enter a code or anything like that. But uh, now, when was the last time you actually went through an aisle at a grocery store? Like, I mean, a checkout aisle. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you the last time. You do time. the self-scan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I barely, I very rarely ever buy, I mean, even if you buy a whole bunch of stuff now, it's just kind of accepted that those people go through the, used to be, when I was a kid, it was like 30 items or less. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, hey, you got 700 things? Sure, just take up this this, this kiosk for 30 minutes. Well, I think that even happens like when I'm at Walgreens or something. Yeah. You know, the person, I don't want the person behind me that mm-hmm. close give me some space sure um people standing in the middle of the aisle talking oh here's one people who let their children run wild these oh, are yeah. these are actual answers from uh facebook users. you gotta get you gotta keep a you gotta keep a uh, stranglehold's not the right word because that could be conceived as <laughs> that's definitely abuse. not the right but word. you know what i'm saying you, you, you gotta, have to keep a close eye you gotta yeah you gotta keep uh-huh. a close eye on your kids um uh p- okay so thieves you know one. what i meant kevin <laughs> yeah i knew what you meant thieves is one uh, of course that's just gonna thieves thieves people who steal at the grocery store uh and because that will just make everything cost more for oh, you sure, later right. obviously yeah, um people who go in open food <laughs> eat it and then put it back on the shelf that's gross oh yeah that's uh i wouldn't like that at all that's you know disgusting. that's what yeah that's why i like costco though they have the free samples that they will willfully give you right and you can actually get a whole meal but they're giving mm-hmm. it to you and they know mm-hmm. what they're doing uh people who bring their dogs into the grocery store i've not seen a lot of animals like a service grocery. dog yeah no uh, I think no they're, they're no, just no, saying they're bringing their dogs that. in their pets yeah you like if you bring lumpy your your german I shepherd that in allowed. there mm-hmm. yeah, i don't I think it either. is that doesn't sound very so, sanitary yeah, sounds like a does health it? Hazard. yeah uh running their cart into the back of other people's feet you know what <laughs> the dude's done that to me a few times 
Hit me but in, you're his wife. Hit me in the Achilles. Yeah, but he's doing cart. it. To, yeah, he's, he's just flirting with yeah. you. Oh, is that what it is? Jim's it a natural like. romantic, Casey. <laughs> okay. I can't believe you didn't see the, uh, the tells. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this person says, where do I begin? Blocking the aisles, wearing pajamas in the store, and last but not least, kiddos throwing tantrums. Wearing the pajamas in the grocery store. That bothers you? Um, I, I think you need to have a little bit more pride really? in your appearance. I don't... Look, I, I get it if it's the quick run out but when you're doing like the whole week's worth of grocery shopping Pajam- okay. jammies that doesn't bother me as much as the no. odor the people with the odor bothers me yeah i was me. gonna ask how do you feel about people going to the grocery store after working out yeah the odor the odor is way worse to me than the pajamas because look at how i dress i mean these are these are not pajamas but mm-hmm. let's face it i'm on a uh, well, those are sweatpants. Those aren't pajama yeah, pants. Yeah, but I mean, it's close. I'm close. I'm in the pajama family here, Casey. Let's face it each day. So I'm not going to judge people based on actual yeah, pajamas. I don't and, mind your disheveled appearance. Yeah, if you smell good and you stay out of my business, I don't care what you wear. Like, as long as I don't have to see a butt crack or whatever, uh-huh. then I don't, it doesn't, the the dress doesn't, uh, the, I'm the last person that's going to judge anybody's appearance. You are wearing your yogurt pants to work, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got Micah Beckwith who's going to join us next. You're listening to Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Let's go to the WIBC hotline. Can't think of a better way to wrap up the show. The conservative voice of the state of Indiana, Micah Beckwith. All right, Beckwith, you went to that big governor's forum in Carmel the other night. I was heard. I was told that uh, uh, Curtis Hill, charming, charismatic, wiped the floor with the competition. What say you? <laughs> well, it was it was certainly a great event. First Principles Forum. I just want to give a shout out to them. The, the questions were phenomenal. This was hard-hitting questions. I mean, anything from what would you do about the DEI office, uh, how would you handle the border crisis, how would you support Texas uh, or not support them, what would you do about uh, parental rights and education. I mean, it was great questions. Uh, the moderators were f- fantastic. And so uh, just just a, I thought it was one of the best forums I'd ever been to. Now, as far as the candidates go, uh, yeah, I think Curtis, obviously Curtis is uh, very charismatic, and he hits a stage, and he can – he really got the most applause throughout the night. I, I was kind of listening to what the audience was kind of responding to. And, and Curtis was really, he wasn't holding back. I mean, uh, he did a good job. I think Mike Braun did, did a good job as well. Um, I, I thought Eric Doden really brought a faith element into uh, the, the conversation that, that was needed. And then um, 
uh, yeah, so there was, I mean, it was really, it was really well done. I, I just, all, all around, it was, it was very good. It seemed to me that they all tried to hit on uh, their different points that they're passionate about. But the one thing that they all agreed on was that school board candidates should have to identify their party affiliation oh! and elections. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. I mean, it's like it's like they've been listening to this show yeah. for the last five years. So <laughs> we are the we are the straw that stirs the drink. Back with. <laughs> hey, listen, I do think that is that is very much needed. It's the one office in in all of our elections in Indiana where people can just you know they they, they don't have to put declare a party. And and some people say I remember I'm fighting for this a few years ago down in the state house. I was testifying before a committee that was hearing this bill, and we had some re- like uh, we had. A a couple um, uh, senators, uh, Senator Walker, uh, Greg Walker, he was pushing back on me on this. And, and he was saying, well, you know, an R next to somebody's name doesn't really mean anything. And I was I responded like, well, yeah, in your case, it doesn't, you know. <laughs> Hey, this is this is why we got to have Beckwith in the state house because think about it, we could have this on a daily basis. Think how much more entertaining our show would be on the stuff we would have to talk we'll just about. Just mic him up and let him walk around. Yeah. There we go. Okay, That'd be awesome. Well, and I, and I think I, and here's my response to to Senator Walker was it helps us though at least have a starting point. It isn't the it isn't the silver bullet. Yes, we have Republicans that act like Democrats. We're always going to have that. However, it is a starting point to give somebody more information about who this person is and what they identify as. And I think that's that's a good thing. Uh, Michael Beckwith, our guest, talking about that big uh, governor's forum in Carmel. Okay, so it's too late for me to get the signatures. I'm guessing they would not invoke the you don't have to get them Todd Young rule for me. <laughs> so I'm out running this year. However, Micah, I, I uh, you ever you play like. Uh, you know, fantasy baseball where you picture if you were in the game, what you would do or how you would do it. That's what I do with the (laughs) political races. And I look at these people and I think, my goodness, if I had the money, most of them had, I would have the most fun, amazing, awesome, burn it to the ground campaign ever. And yet these people collectively are so boring. (laughs) Well, listen, we're talking about running a uh, government that uh, is supposed to secure your liberty. And I, I think uh, I'd rather, I don't care if you're boring. I just want you to do a good job on, on keeping the, the government at bay and making sure that my liberties are secured for my children and children's children. So I, I do think there's that aspect of it, but I will say this when people are bold and they stand up and fight for what is right and fight for truth, it's never going to be dull. You're never going to have a dull day. You're never going to be boring because there is so much evil in this world. And I'm telling you right now, the devil's time is running thin and he knows it and he's working overtime to create as much chaos and confusion. And so the ones who are standing up, you're going to be over the target. You're going to take a lot of, you're going to take a lot of arrows. You're going to take a lot of heat, but that just means you're onto something. And, and, and if if that's you, you're not going to be boring. You're not going to have a dull day. And I, and I think it's going to be exciting. And here's what I, here's what I tell people within the faith community. I said, where are you going to be in a hundred years from now? Where are you going to be in 500 years from now? And if you know Christ as your savior, we're going to be talking about this moment on earth together. And I don't want to look back and say, man, I was, I was pretty lame. I, I, I stayed, I stayed chill. I didn't, I didn't really go out and do much. I want to, I want to be standing with Moses and Joshua and Peter and Paul and Mary. And I want them to look at us and say, man, tell us what it was like fighting the good fight in 2024. We saw you, we were watching you and you were honoring Christ and you were standing for truth. Even when the demonic 
hordes were coming after you. And I, I want that to be my story. I, I think, you know, we got 10,000 years, we got a hundred thousand years, 500,000 years to be able to talk about what is happening in this moment right now. And I don't want to, I don't want it to slip by us and, and because we were scared or just wanted to have a, a pleasantly peaceful life life. Uh, so. All right. Uh, Michael Beck with our guest. You're doing some big event with Michael Flynn. Of course, he was a big shot in the Trump administration, a distinguished member of the U S military. What, what, what is going on? Yeah. So he's going to be actually, um, he's, uh, I'm doing two events with him coming up. So on February 19th, this one's going to be down in Louisville. It's actually, uh, going to be in uh, a Paraquat Springs mm-hmm. conference center. And, sounds pretty uh, ritzy Shepherd- back with mm-hmm. sounds pretty ritzy. <laughs> It's actually in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. So if you're in Southern Indiana and you're listening to this, it's not too far from you. It's ever, uh, that's going to be. It's ever like a, it's ever like a, mo- it's ever like, it's like the con- so-and-so Springs conference center. It's ever like the Elks or Moose Lodge that you're hanging out at. <laughs> no, but that, you know, we could do that too. I like the, I like the Moose Lodge. I mean, there's always good times there. Uh, the American Revival Project is what it is. And it's going to be Michael Flynn. Uh, there's going to be a couple other speakers. I know uh, Curtis Hill is going to be there. Craig Haggard, uh, Indiana state rep is speaking um we've got we've got so that's going on but then for central indiana uh, may 4th uh it, we are going to have uh general general flynn here at uh life church and we are um we, we're basically uh he's got a he's got a documentary that he's premiering around the country he's oh. got, he, i think he's going to do 30 or 40 stops mm-hmm. around the country and this is going to be the uh central indiana stop and so he'll be here we're going to we're going to show his documentary he'll be able to shake hands that is that is saturday may 4th so get that on your calendar do you Save need the tickets date. for that there will be, um, and, and I think they're they're super cheap, or or they're just even. I, I they might even just be a couple bucks, just so that we can uh, kind of get an idea for how many people are going to come. So it sure. shouldn't be expensive, but but yes, there, we'll get more information to you as that as that comes. So uh, you're beginning to take shape on an election of your own, and so I'm super curious as you are crisscrossing the state because you go to all these bean suppers and Lincoln Day dinners and pancake breakfasts. And uh, by the way, how'd your fast go? How long did you make it? You did not go 21 days, <laughs> it was good. did you? Okay, I uh, I did fast for 21 days, but I didn't I didn't complete like so the first week I gave up food completely. Mm-hmm. Then it was uh, then it was uh, one meal a day the second week, and then and then I went to um, uh, two meals a day. So I gave up uh, breakfast. So so it was breakfast and lunch the second week, and I gave up breakfast the third week. So it was always fasting food, but I did it in those increments. So it was good. I mean, I tell you what, God is uh, God definitely showed up in our in our in our church in, in a big way for a lot of people. And now you need to talk to Nathan because he fasted all 21 days. He didn't eat food. Wow. And I feel like every time I see him, I hear, uh, uh, the, the, in the arms of the angel song, playing, like, you know, <laughs> like, like help, help out a friend, you know, someone needs food and it's like, his face is, you know, is uh, shrinking down. It's like, Oh my God. Oh, Casey last, last night, I'm not going to say I drank a whole bottle of vodka, but I did, I did make a pretty good dent in it because I went 21 days with no alcohol. Oh, right. Okay, so it's over, huh? I drank nine sodas and a half a bottle of vodka. Micah, was that a bad move? <laughs> maybe maybe you're missing the point uh-huh, a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why are there nine babies in this house oh now? Oh, my gosh. No wonder you're tired this morning. Hey, uh, by the way, I'm still not drinking, but whatever. You go ahead and you do you. <laughs> hey, yeah, good job. Before before I let you go, when you're crisscrossing the state, what is the issue or the issues, plural, that you're hearing from people right right now? 
So now it's the immigration uh, conversation. Uh, the border down at Texas is a big deal. Uh, people want us to stand with Texas. They know that it's not just a Texas issue. This is a national issue. Uh, so that's huge. Uh, property taxes, another big thing in our state. Uh, I hear that all the time. It's, you know, my wallet is, is hurting. I, why aren't our legislators, uh, you know, giving me some reprieve? Why aren't they helping me? And, and why, why do I have to pay these astronomical property taxes so our, our public school can build a new football stadium or something, you know, to that effect. So, um, so those are probably the two biggest things that I hear. Uh, and then, you know, parental rights and, and public education is a big deal too. I mean, I hear that, the, the woke stuff, the DEI stuff that people don't like it. They don't want it in our, in our culture. They don't want it in Indiana. It's like, just, Let's, let's have a meritocracy. Like we want people to be picked based on the, their ability and, and uh, what they can bring to the table. So that's uh, those are kind of the big ones I, as I, I hear over and over again. All right, uh, Micah Beckwith, uh, thanks for uh, making it so we didn't have to work for a whole segment. We appreciate you. <laughs> hey, you're welcome, guys. Anytime. Love you. Keep it up. All right. Thanks, Micah. And that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening. We'll be back here tomorrow. Tony Katz is up next. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.